0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to For the Love of McGraw podcast. on a better day than yesterday, I suppose that's the best way I can put it. <laughs> uh, and the day, the reason that today is a better day than yesterday is because we have we have Bubakar Kamara in our team. Aston Villa have signed Bubakar Kamara on a five-year deal, was muted by Fabrizio Romano, David Ornstein, Global Greg Evans yesterday. It has now come into fruition, and Aston Villa woke us all up nice and early this morning with a fantastic montage and great news should I say of bubakar Kamara signing for our brilliant wonderful and uh downright uh, illustrious club so I'm absolutely thrilled and and I know I may not look like it I've <laughs> it today, today's been a long it's it's been a long day trying to trying to soak in the information and and, and I I hope I and, and there's all look there's all as all the possibilities could come back and bite me in the arse again. But like Bubakar Kamara signing for Aston Villa on a free transfer when every single team in Europe probably would have been sniffing around and looking at him. Um is it, it's, it's quite big news. It's quite big news. We started off as well, like a lot of a lot of people have been talking about this. Philippe Claire has um has has come out. If you don't know Philippe Auclair, he's Mr. French football in a lot of circles. He's come out and he's said that this is an absolute massive, massive signing um, for Aston Villa. Andy Brazil has come out and said it. I'm racking my final facts in my brain. There's somebody else who who actually came out and said that this is probably the signing of the season, that there's like for, on a free transfer for a team like Aston Villa to get a player who has a ceiling as high as Boubacar Camara, who's newly in the French um senior setup uh, for the upcoming games um is is that good assigning um within european football at this moment in time um and it's nice to hear that about our club it's nice to hear that about our club this morning it's nice to be able to knock off that rust and that dust and that that's that that kind of feeling from yesterday when we have somebody like like bob to sign it shows that aston villa are we're we're not a, like hopefully like we're not a flash in the pan from that point of view. When we got Coutinho, we're not just good at getting players on the way down. Uh, Signing Bubakar Kamara shows that we have that pulling power and that impetus and that that structure, that ability, that grown up mentality in the boardroom to be able to go and wine and dine and coax and talk to and you know um, uh, you know bring along a, a player that is highly thought of in Europe at twenty two years of age. Um, who was with a club who had just gotten Champions League football and to sign for Aston Villa Football Club is just goes to show that we are able to sell and we're able to talk about a, a project and a project that we hope we can fulfil amongst the shark tank that is the Premier League. So that was a long diatribe, I know, at the start, but Bubakar Kamara is a really exciting signing uh, for a lot of reasons and uh as always i want to share some statistical analysis that i've done on bubakar kamara i've updated this i've been plugging a video that i did in january on bubakar kamara and some of my thoughts i've actually looked more into him because i never thought that we were going to have a situation um whereby i uh, sorry i never thought that just because we didn't get him in january that we wouldn't still be in on him in in uh, in in June or, or May or whatever month we're in now at the moment. The reason being is at the time, it ju- at the time, the kind of the murmurings coming from the club was there were deals there, but we just weren't comfortable with the money that was being asked and that there was things that were being asked of at that time. And I firmly always believed that that was this, uh, this signing. I believe this signing was was being muted along with the Benton Core signing. I don't think it was neither our situation. So when we do come to look at potential ins and outs, which myself and Paddy will be doing in a, in a future podcast for the season review, I think that this may not be the last midfield signing that we would see. And I think it stands to reason. If anybody was listening to the Carton Blue this morning, it would stand to reason that you would. Uh, I I made my 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 play for why I think that is the case. But Bubakar Kamara absolutely over the moon with his signing because he shows. A lot of things he shows that we're able to we're able to entice the young up and coming um, darlings of European football, along with the guys like this guy behind me, Coutinho, who's been there, done it, and has the trophies and medals around his neck to show for it. So hopefully, this is something. This is uh, the start of a very very good transfer window for Aston Villa. So let's talk about Boubacar Camara. Um, let me add up this to this to the stream. So Boubacar Camara, he is obviously French, as everybody will know at this stage. I've put in here regards to height. I cannot get a definitive as to what height he is. He's somewhere between five ten and six foot. Okay, I think that's fair enough. I don't think we're going to split hairs over over that. Either way, he's going to. He's. Uh, he looks an imposing f- figure when he's on the field. He does like he's one of these guys that the tags out maybe bigger than he is, but he's somewhere between five ten and six foot. Some sites say he's five ten. Some sites say, sites say he's six foot. So I'm going to hedge my bets and put those in there. He's 22 years of age, as uh, as as we all know. And what I think is really interesting, and what I want to want to harp on here as well, is I've updated a lot of these numbers from my previous video. We can see here that he's played quite a lot of games um, in various different positions, and I think this is something that would have drawn Aston Villa and Steven Gerrard in particular towards uh, Bubakar Kamara. So what we can see here is that as a cent- like uh, as as a player, he's played 50 games at centre back. For for Marseille, first made his debut in 2017, and uh, realistically, since 2019, 2020, really, his games at centre back have lessened off. So he's begun. In he, 2019, he began to really transition towards a defensive midfielder, a central midfielder type player, and his his centre half um, status has kind of lessened off since then. Gubakar Kamara has played under two two under two managers at Marseille. Played under AVB. Andre villas Boss and, and most recently he's played under under Argus San Paolo, um, and it, the two managers have used, utilized him in different ways. AVB Beaver started him off as a, as a centre half, or he started off playing there, alternating between centre half and defen- and defensive midfield sparingly then he moved on towards and uh, towards being solely played as, as central defensive midfield and then on towards now he plays uh predominantly between that six and eight role and that's really interesting when we look at it um because i think that this guy is getting better by the year and as he's moving further up the field and i don't think he's going to move much further up the field like don't get me wrong i think central defensive midfield and central midfielder are his are his area that's where his wheelhouse is going to be but it's always great to have that type of player that can that can move backwards into a back three and feel comfortable there, considering he's played quite a lot of games in one of Europe's top five leagues at that position as well. So it's really interesting. So much so that even when Sky announced the news today, uh, this morning, they were taken aback that we had mentioned him as a central defensive midfielder as opposed to a centre half. You know, so when this comes in, when when he was coming in here, we're actually talking about him as being a central midfielder or a midfielder, is what we said. We didn't make the distinguish the the distinction between defensive midfielder and central uh, midfielder in itself. But we can see that he's had a pretty even split of games and uh, of of game time, um, uh, between between center half, central defensive midfielder, and central midfielder. We look at his heat map. We can see this is his heat map from league on last season and we can see that uh, he pretty much hacks around the middle of the field which you would expect you know more so in the defensive position more for more so the 68 position Uh, and that's what we would expect from him Uh, i've made a couple of notes here that he's got great potential he's got a really really high ceiling this guy can go far, you know. Uh, he's been spoken about in the same breath as the likes of Camavinga for uh, for Real Madrid, and we know what he's done since he's shot to the limelight um, with within the the Champions League uh, this season. Um, he's been spoken, uh, and I still can't pronounce his name. Aurelien Tachemoy, I think he's how you pronounce it from uh, Monaco. He's been spoken in the same light as, the, as as him, and he's been spoken about as one of these guys as the new guard of French. Football, French midfield, midfielders, all of them in around the nineteen to twenty-two bracket, and uh, and Kamara has been somebody that, uh, that that it's not surprising as to why he is quite um, why, why he would have been spoken that way and why he's now gotten a first call up to the French national team at twenty-two years of age. One of the biggest things I found from watching him on on video and on on, on, on scouting the software that I have is that he's always looking around and scanning the field. You'll see it. I, I made the analogy today that he's like, when you do your driving test for the first time, you're constantly looking at your mirrors, you're looking around, you're trying to see what's behind you all the time. You're trying to get uh, spatial awareness and the perspective of everything that's around you. He's absolutely excellent at it. And I mean that when he's, in, when he's receiving the ball, he's almost looking around to see what's happening. It's not a lack of discipline. It's not a lack of concentration from him. If anything, he's... Super aware of his of, of of what's going around him. When he has the ball at his feet, he's super aware as well. As we can see, when you look at his pass completion rate here, he likes to see what's happening around him. He likes to make those passes. He likes to make the passes definite, and he likes to make them stick and make them successful as well. He's got a really good passing range. He's got very high. I don't have the numbers here, but his pass completion rate is like ninety-three percent at short, at ninety-five uh, percent at short range, ninety-three percent at medium range, and seventy-seven percent at long range. So this isn't the crab. This isn't the guy who's going to pass it, George Boateng style. No offense to George Boateng and uh, great, great servant Aston Villa as he was. This isn't going to be a guy that's just going to move it, move it left and right and pad his numbers. He's actually a pretty progressive player, and he likes to be able—he likes to progress the ball forward. We can see it there in his progressive passes: four point two three um, progressive passes over the course of the last three hundred and day, sixty-five days. Sixty-five days—that's four point two three per game, with a progressive pass distance up in the top eighty-six percentile of of all of Europe's top five leagues. So while this guy does play in a more withdrawn role, he can get the ball forward. He can pass it forward, but he can pass it forward successfully which is very very important. We can see here as well looking at this that this guy isn't just his past success completion should i say is is even more um admirable from the fact that look at the amount of pass attempts he's had 78.9 attempts per 90 minutes. He is a workhorse of a pivot in there. And we get to see that in a moment when we when we categorize this because I have put him up against some of the Premier League's darlings that would play what I think is a similar position to where he would play for Aston Villa. So he's pass attempts 78.91 in the top 3% of all Europe's uh, midfielders. Pass completion 71.91 as we said there in the top 3%. His passing is really good and his passing is pretty varied as well for a guy who plays in that position. Once again, São Paulo, São Paulo really trusted him with the work that he wanted him to do. We can see there he's averaging 89.27 touches Per ninety minutes over the course of the last three hundred and sixty-five days, which is up there, you won't find a more um, a, a bigger workhorse in midfield, uh, or you you'd seldom find a bigger workhorse in midfield than uh, the Bubka Camaro over over Europe's top five leagues, and that says something about the measure of the guy in itself because he's twenty-two years of age, you know, to put that on a twenty-two-year-old's shoulders, put that on a twenty-one-year-old's shoulders as he as he was at the start of the season. Yeah, I know. Look, we're it's like if you're good enough, you're old enough, and and some people will turn around and say, "Well, he's 22. You know, this is a guy that's transitioned from centre half into the midfield role. He's 22 years of age. He's already done that in a senior game at 22 years of age, and you've got a real good manager like Jorge Sampaoli looking to essentially make him the fulcrum and the the feature player." in starting Marseille's attacks. And Marseille played an awful lot of a possession-based based game as well, which is um, which is something that should be borne in mind as well because we may not play exactly the same possession-based game. But it rings true and it stands to reason that Stephen Jarrett came into this club and said, we need to st- we need to keep possession. We haven't done it so far this year. Maybe Boubacar Kamara can help us unlock that potential of keeping pos- possession um, when it is needed if we play him in that pivot position. Uh, also, as I said here, look, I wouldn't pigeonhole him specifically as nothing other than a number six, and the statistics just pan it out. He's he's very good defensively, and and you know, he, he could be better defensively. And some of those some of those numbers that you see there are obviously skewed by what he's been asked to do by the team by the, the team manager and what he does within the within the, the game, uh, within the the structure, should I say, sorry, of Marseille. Um, but, like he there there is no qualms, queries, or concerns at all about his defensive ability, about his tackling ab- tackling ability. You see his pressures there are pretty low at only fifteen point three four. For me, that isn't a concern. He's a deliberate tackler. When he goes to tackle, he he he's he's going to like it it reminds me kind of of when I did the video of Maxine Lacroix. when he when he tackles when this guy goes to tackle, he wants to try and make it as successful as it possibly can be. He's calculated in that aspect. Um, he will engage players high up, but when he does, his pressure success rate is off the charts. So we look. So would you prefer to have somebody who's got 40 pressures a game and only has a pressure success rate of 15%? Or would you prefer to have somebody who's a bit more calm and has a, has a, has a more calculated demeanor of having 15 pressures per game, but you've got a higher pressure success rate? I think I'd prefer somebody who's a bit more calm because what that does and what that allows Mubikar Mara to do is slow down the opposition as they advance towards our area. What we tend to do, and I've said this before, specifically in midfield, is we retreat and we don't, we don't slow the, slow attacks down, and we retreat. And if you don't slow the attacks down, we don't have time to reform. What we try and do is we try and get back and reform, but. Attacks have become more varied and the, and the speed that fullbacks are able to get forward even at the moment allows teams to switch the ball or to switch the play through the, through the transitions an awful lot quicker. So if you are going to retreat and protect the D, you need to be super fast and your fullbacks need to stay at home if we're going to persevere with our fullbacks going forward, having somebody like Kamara that sits in in that hybrid 6-8 role where he has license to go forward and maybe a more flat midfield as opposed to that uh, that defensive inflection that we would put with a number 6, like when we do when we have Nakamba in there, then I think that's going to be way more beneficial for us to have somebody like this. Let's look at some more slides. What other slides do I have? So, I promised you, here's some player comparisons. Um, we have... Uh, obviously, I've wanted to compare him towards people like Eves Basuma, like Douglas Louise and Declan Rice. My my comp for him is like the type of player that Declan Rice is, or or maybe Basuma. Probably, I think I, I think he's probably better. Well, he's a better passer. He's way better passer than Bazuma, but he's probably more like Declan Rice. Now, I don't want people to actually fly off the handle and go, oh my God, we're going to sign Declan Rice. Absolutely not. I'm talking about the way that Declan Rice can trade the lines between six and eight. I think Kamara does it quite similarly as well. And if I'm not mistaken and I never looked this up, uh, again today, and I've made this will be my second time making this aspersion. But if I'm not mistaken, Declan Rice has played centre half for, for West Ham, and he, al- he also played centre half in the Irish youth setup, if I'm not mistaken, too. So they do have a similar trajectory of how they've maybe started off in a more de- defensive role and moved up the field as it's been realised that they're maybe better with their feet and can contribute more as they go forward. So looking at this here, we can see the color The color coding here is green is obviously uh, where they're the best in this area. Yellow is where they're second, purple is where they're third, and uh, red is where they're fourth. Once again, I am also going to say this, this is not an aspersion on Douglas Luiz. I still do- think Douglas Luiz is going to be an Aston Villa player come, come the start of August. And I think that these are being skewed by Douglas Luiz being asked to do something that he's not very comfortable doing. I think that's fair to say. So when we look at Bubakar Kamara, he really like he, if we're going to pigeonhole him as a six, as I said here, he really picks up steam when we look at the pass attempts and the pass completion, the pass progress, the progressive passes and the passes under pressure. So this guy, this guy, as I said, he's got his head in a swivel. He knows what's happening around him. When you pressure him, he can evade that pressure and make a successful pass. The rate here is phenomenal in comparison to somebody like Declan Rice. Just looking at the passes under pressure, Declan Rice. Has, not, has 8.53 passes under pressure per 90 minutes. Bubakar Kamara has 50% on top of that again. He's 12.04, puts him right up there at the top, right up there at the top of the list in guys who can evade that pressure and make that pass. And that's invaluable for Aston Villa when you've got a high press. You're playing against the likes of City. I don't want to bring it up again. You're playing against the likes of Liverpool. You're playing against the team that have a high press. Crystal Palace did to us. They pressed us. They pressed the living daylights out of us. High through Connor Gallagher, through um, uh, oh gosh, I can't even remember who else played that day, but they they pressed us really high. We were unable to get out, get away from those pressures. And if you've got somebody who's okay under pressure, who can turn, maybe progress the ball forward, and, and once they've committed people to pressing you high up, that can really be a good fulcrum for an attack. So I really, really like that. Also, look at his touches. 89.2, 89 touches as opposed to the next nearest person was Declan Rice at 69. He's a workhorse. He was fed, absolute work. And he still produced great, great results from it. So that's that. That to me is super, super, super um interesting and something that I really am looking forward to seeing. Give him all the work he wants. Based on what he's done before, I've got a statistical um statistically saying should I say that I've got a good feeling he'll be able to do that and step up to the Premier League. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Also, we take a look there at Yves Basuma. You know, people wanted to spend 50 million on him. I'm not saying that he would be a bad purchase at all, but the type of player he is, he's not a, a central defensive midfielder as such. He can tackle. He's really good. He's a good tackler. He doesn't. He pressures at a decent rate. His passing really, really drops off. But what you kind of lose in that interceptions tackles pieces that you, that you gain with Basuma, I think is probably more beneficial for us to have a more rounded, um, uh, kind of fulcrum there. And that passing is really exciting. That passing metric for Kamara is really exciting. And as I say, if it's, re- if, if it's, uh, um, replicate is in, in the premier league, it's, it's super beneficial, you know, for, for what Aston Villa can do and how we can launch attacks. So, I think I've got another slide here. I wanted to talk, yes, I wanted to talk about his development, I suppose, through, from a statistical point of view, through the kind of years. Because as I say, he did play under AVB for two years previous to San Paolo coming in. So I, want to, I, um, I wanted to just kind of take it here from minutes played, interceptions, and see how he's kind of progressed as he's been asked to move more further forward, as he's been asked to, to pass the ball more, and how he has responded to that and how his numbers have responded as well. So we can see here, first year he he uh, that we have here 2019 20 he was predominantly a center half he played there for 1170 minutes um as he moved through the years then he started playing as a defensive midfielder 1768 minutes he played in, in 2021 and then as a central midfielder in, in the year just gone he has played 14 1,470 minutes as a central midfielder and 1,287 minutes as a defensive midfielder. And if you are going to get out your calculators and add them up to see if it matches the minutes played, I haven't included substitution appearances. Okay, so um, I'm not going to get out and get that granular in the information. But what we can see here is a lot of things stand to reason. From 1920 all the way to 2022, which is the year just gone, his interception rate has improved. You'd expect that as he would... As he goes further up the field, you'd expect him to have more opportunities to intercept the ball. Centre halves don't really have a massive interception rate, um, or don't tend to have as, as big an interception rate because you want them. You know, defending as opposed to trying to go out and intercept the ball and take it off people and, and, and run forward with it. That's not what we really want, but we can see here with regards to the tackles, he had a much higher tackle rate. So he tackled at a higher rate when he was a center half, which stands to reason than he would have, as he moved through the, moved through the gears. Obviously then he moved to defensive midfielder. His tackles went down a small bit, once again, probably to be expected. And as he moves forward towards a more central midfield position, his tackles have, in, have decreased as well. So remember when I mentioned there that I don't worry about this guy's defensive um, abilities based on the numbers that we see as of today and as over the last 365 days because he's proven he can do it as a centre-half, that he can tackle. He's proven that he can still tackle at a decent rate when he's used more predominantly as a defensive midfielder and as he moves forward throughout the field and, he's, and his assignments change, he's still proven that he can tackle at a decent rate. So I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. Um, dribble past, as you see, further up the field he gets, he gets dribbled past less. Which, to be honest with you, is actually really interesting because, um, You'd you kind of think that as a defensive midfielder you might get dribble past more, but the further up the field he's moved, he's got dribbled past less. His pressures have have uh, have decreased from last year. Once again, playing in that more uh, playing more time as maybe an eight or that hybrid eight without having that specific stand behind that four man midfield as AB, Avb did previously he is able to still put in a, a decent amount of pressures but um they obviously weren't as high as the as the year before his pressure success rate has increased so once again he's not pressuring as much but he's 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 much more successful and he's much more comfortable doing it in higher areas once again massive massive positive i don't know why i haven't got that green on my slide the 39.7% should be green um aerial success once again it will you'd imagine it will go down when you're further up the field because the ball is going to go over your head and it's going to it's going to bypass you you know, just goes to show that when he, but when he is in the defensive midfielder position, his aerial dual success shoots up to sixty three point two percent when he's predominantly played there. Really interesting numbers here for this guy, and it just shows that it that as he moves through, he's given different assignments based on the role—the traditional six, eight, or even four role that he would have played previously, um, or five role, should I say, that he would play previously. You know, he would still be able to to perform those duties, which is brilliant for a guy so, so young. Just looking at his passing, I'm, I'm not going to going to take too much uh, going to go too much into his passing. You can take a look at it here. But one of the interesting ones that uh, that you'll see is his progressive pass distance has decreased year on year. And once again, the reason for that is obviously if you're playing at centre half, you're going to be passing the ball forward probably more often than not. So his progressive pass distance is going to be more. It's going to be longer. He's going to probably go for longer balls in that instance. Um, as opposed to more maybe tiki tacky triangular stuff that you would play as you as you move forward toward throughout the field in towards a defense uh, a central midfielder position. What, I, what you can see here is that his his progressive pass distance hasn't moved much. It hasn't changed much and hasn't gone down much since you've gone from a defensive midfielder to a central midfielder. Once again, he progresses the ball. He's good at progressing that ball forward. So he's not just a pass it sideways guy. I, I'm I'm. The the last thing I'm going to go through as well is look at the faith. You can see the faith that Sam Paolo has put in um, in Kamara, 88.9 touches in in the 2021-2022 season. That's 88.9 touches per game. That's a lot. As I say, that's really good and that's really really great to see. The faith has been put in him, and and you know he, he's he's repaid it because I have gotten into the gotten into the Champions League. And to be honest with you, when you say that. Why didn't he stay at Marseille is a massive question, you know, and I don't know. I don't want to answer it because he's ours. I don't want to throw anything up like that because he's ours. And I think what he does in the field is very, very, um, very instinctual. It's very, um, it's very measured. And, and it's something that I think we will all be delighted to see um, in, in the games in 2022, 2023 season. Let's take a look at some of your comments there uh, just before we pop off. Fred Red 50 says this could be looked at in five years time as the greatest sign the club has ever pulled off. Right now it sits at two all time underneath that guy Phil from Rio. Absolutely. Uh, Papa X says excellent news and Junior Bennett has that uh, fantastic uh, emoji with the with the sunglasses. And. Um, Ba-ba-boom. Thanks a million to everybody who's who's uh, thanking me for the for the content on the podcast and the other podcasts I've been on. Really appreciate that. That's really really nice to, nice to see. Thank you so much. Um, we have uh, AVFC Jared says, uh, not a huge deal. He was released heads in the cloud again. He was offered 60k a week more than Newcastle and Madrid about why he chose Villa. Money talks, our record for French players are crap anyway. Um, my statistical analysis I love you AVFC agent Jared we agree on a lot of things I think the statistics bear out that that is an intangible that doesn't show up on the football field it could very well be true uh, but I don't think it shows up on the football field based on his level of play um, great if we can if we can outspend people why not for for years we've been victims of people outspending us um, so if we can out, uh, outspend people that's fantastic absolutely it's it's a point of progress absolutely and you know as i say we could be back here in two years time uh thinking we're all wrong but based on the statistics and, and the play that i've seen on the field i i think this is a very shrewd signing as do um 99 of the of, of, of the sports media both in france and and uh, and in england but as i say as always there's always a propensity to potentially have this as as uh, this to to um um to 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 pad out as well. Chris uh Tayer says, Neil, do you think Dougie would thrive as a six next to Ruba Kamara? Interesting if we were to go playing a double pivot. I know I would have loved to have seen us play a double pivot yesterday, but we just didn't. Um, and that was you know when we went into that protection mode, as Stephen Gerrard said. It would be interesting. Um I think obviously if you have the work that people have to do, it's going to make, the it should make them to, twice as productive, specifically Dougie. I just don't think Dougie was comfortable at all in the half spaces that he had to get into um, as a number six. And I don't think that, I think that when he was given license to go forward from that sixth position, that there was very little, um, like the other two guys, McGinn and, and Jacob Ramsey, they're, they're, they're busy covering those spaces. As I mentioned, those half spaces. And, and it kind of just left us with a train track down the middle. So, um, it's just not its not Dougie's 4K. So maybe it, will, maybe it does work, but I don't think that's going to be our default position next season where we play two holding sixes. I, I don't think so. Um, I just just nothing that I've seen from Jared would, would bear that out. I think more so we're going to see a more flatter midfield next year um, from, from Aston Villa. Um, Darren C says, Unreal signing. Joel Grizzle says, Hello Neil, I'm in Wicklow this week. Bring me some great transfer news, please. All I can do is just go on who we signed but hopefully fingers crossed this won't be the last one and we will see a lot of early business because lest we forget we are going to australia early in the preseason as well and i don't think jared wants to be conducting business from halfway around the world so that's just my hunch my my feeling in my waters i, I don't know whether that's going to be true or, or not but we'll see hopefully we will get the transfer news early so we can relax and we can uh, enjoy the, the the trip to Australia and uh, maybe get up a crazy o'clock to see those matches um, if they are being streamed anywhere. Um, British Mick says, the confirmation of Kamara has excited me in the same way that I get excited when I think I've eaten all the meat off my Sunday roast and then I spot the tip of a sausage under the match. Absolutely. There is the analogy of the day. There is the na- analogy of the day. I love it. Absolutely. Oh my God. Um, <laughs> Wepf says, afternoon, wow that was fast work obviously Villa must have really done a lot of groundwork in the background, top stuff, onwards and upwards up the Villa, and yes I think that is true I think we were heavily in for him in January I think we went over with the brain trust to put our arms around him and roll out the red carpets and you know uh, what was that? Two, three weeks ago, I think we did a lot of uh, plimming, wining, dining, whatever you want to call it. Plimming is a very Irish word, and I think a, I don't know whether that one will travel across the world. It really means whereby you completely and utterly shower somebody with affection uh, in the hope that they will um, that they will come to your way of thinking. So I think that's probably what we did. Um, and you know what? If that's what we need to do to sign players, why not? All the rest of the teams have big, massive entourages that they send left, right, and centre uh to try and plomb people or try and get people to come to come to their team. So why can't we do it? Um where else are we? Uh Neil Callahan asked me have I got my finders fee yet? <laughs> no, I didn't find him. <laughs> Which knowledge I would like to have. Um although I've checked the courier does come through the doors, which we haven't linked to him at all, but everybody knows my my punch on for him. if that does happen, eh, maybe <laughs> maybe I might have to ask for finders fee that one uh, because as I said, that was um um. That was uh, definitely somebody that I, I, I took a shine to early on. Lads, um, there's tons and tons of comments. I apologize. I won't be able to get to all of them. I'm going to scroll a bit further down and see here. Uh, uh, this is true. This is true. Only just jumped onto the stream. It's hard to compare Kamara to other players who play in different leagues. He has done well in France, and hopefully he does as well in a far harder league. Um. Uh, Bubakar Kamara, or sorry, uh, Yves Basuma was the reason that that was one of the reasons I picked him because obviously somebody's transitioned from the French game into into the, the Premier League as well. So I just thought it was interesting to have that comparison. I compared him then with uh, Douglas Luiz, who uh, is somebody he would be playing either beside or in place of, and then um, just Doug, just uh, Declan Rice was the some the player that when I see him, he try he treads the same lines as, as 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 um Declan Rice uh from playing the six to the eight in the hybrid position or whatever else you want to call it in between. Um for sure. Um yeah, look, as I say, guys, uh, this isn't going to be the last transfer transfer show we're gonna do. There's gonna be some transfer shows we're gonna do over the next few days and next few weeks as well. The villa won't have been linked for they're just people i I like and I think could come in and play in this play in this team. If you like it, if you like what you're seeing, I'd love a subscription to the channel. Really, really appreciate it. If you could give this, this video a thumbs up as well, that would be really, really cool. And as I say, if you could, uh, if you have, if you listen to podcasts, Please subscribe to our podcast as well, our audio podcast, because some of the information, some of the stuff we will put out will be through the audio podcast as as well as here. We're not going anywhere from YouTube, but some of them we won't be able to put up on YouTube just due to to time constraints and so on. And they may just go on the audio podcast first. So I don't want you guys to miss out on anything. So with that, guys, I am going to wrap it up for here for a great day. uh, Bubakar Kamara signed and most of us weren't even. Uh, weren't uh hadn't even got our 14 coffee in at that stage. That's how early they had signed uh signed him, and uh, it's great to see. And look, it's great to have that positive PR, and long may it continue. And hopefully, we have a couple of more signings on the heels of this one. But until next time, everybody, stay safe, and uh hope and say, you know cross your fingers that more signings come through the door. And all that's left to say is up the villa.